I was bound by the devil for many years, but then I was delivered by the glorious Savior, Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son. He is God's gift to all who will call upon his name. And guess what? His deliverance lasts forever. It doesn't get any bigger than that. Have you yet to be born again? The first man, our great-grandfather Adam, and the first woman, our great-grandmother Eve, were created by God and placed on his new earth to tend a marvelous garden in a paradise called Eden. They were immortal and given just a single commandment by God, Genesis 2.17, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. In an act of unbelief and disobedience, Eve ate of the forbidden fruit, and Adam followed her pernicious ways. At that moment, they died the second death and their immortality forfeit. The first death is when a man dies to this mortal life. Adam, for instance, did not die the first death until about 930 years later. Adam and Eve lost their immortality at the second death, the very day they ate of the forbidden fruit. And as a result of their fall, all their offspring, all of us included, were spiritually stillborn and doomed. Simply stated, we were born the first time dead wrong. God devised a masterful plan of salvation for the lost sons and daughters of Adam. He sent Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, to give his life on Golgotha's hill to break Satan's stranglehold on us and to set our captive souls free. At Golgotha, Satan's bondage is broken, and the greatest miracle a man can know is made possible, a miracle Jesus calls born again. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except that man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again means exactly what it says, born a second time, born this time by the Spirit of God. The born again were once the sons and daughters of Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, but now, quickened by the Holy Ghost, are sons and daughters of God. Everything becomes brand new. In just a moment, I will invite you to follow me in a simple prompt, and if you follow from your heart, you will be born again. In just moments, all of your sin and shame will be washed away. In just moments, all of Satan's bondages in your life will be broken. And let me underscore all. Today is your day of salvation. Here is the simple prompt I promised. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, John chapter 10, verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. God said, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. God said, 11, uh, John 11, excuse me, 25 and 26, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Man said, Knowledge is power. And if I had all knowledge, I'd have all the power. 
I'd never be depressed or lonely. I'd never be bored or sick. I'd even live forever. Because I'd have all the knowledge, I'd know how to just fix it, fix whatever's wrong or upsetting. I've got the next best thing, my phone. It will search the world's data bank, and I'll have the answer. Maybe not right now, but certainly within my lifetime. Yeah, my phone replaces the Christian God. What a novel idea. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1075, that will once again certify the marvelous inerrancy of God's beautiful book. All of these powerful features are archived here in text and streaming audio for the edification of the blood-bought and his ammunition in the battle for the souls of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for coming. May God's face shine upon you and your family with light and truth. All was lost in an act of unbelief and its following disobedience. Now imagine this. It all can be regained in an act of faith in God and obedience to His Word. This is the classic 180-degree principle all the way. We all travel one road, either Route 7 South, unbelief and disobedience, which ends in eternal cognizant damnation, or we travel Route 7 North, faith and obedience, which ends in glorious eternal life in Christ Jesus. In the hand of the Lord is a double-edged sword. One side holds judgment and the other justification. We choose the side. Since the fall in the Garden of Eden, man has been ever busy trying to find another way, a godless way. Satan has entertained his carnal children with a host of other ways, one to fit each appetite. He has paraded before the sons and daughters of Adam a vast array of his champions, positioned to defame and malign the God of the Bible. Satan's other ways and his clamorous champions are utter failures without exception and in their wake is a global network of hospitals and graveyards. They're always seeking another way, a godless way. Whatever God endorses, Satan's camp must reject. Their father, the devil, will have it no other way. Since Eden, man has been seeking some other way. Several examples of his futile search follow. In the book of Genesis, Nimrod and his engineers build the Tower of Babel that would reach into heaven. God casts down the tower and confounds their one language into many. Nimrod was seeking some other way. Man continues his pursuit of another way in astrology and the worship of the sun, moon, and stars. He looks to horoscopes and the signs of heaven to direct his steps. He seeks some other way. A pantheon of gods, devils, have been created to substitute for the God of the Bible. This would include the twisted doctrines interwoven into the Word of God that parade around in Jesus' name. He seeks another way. Darwin popularized the theory of evolution that pretends that the universe and man was created out of basically nothing and given billions of years and chance, anything is possible. God and his Bible, according to Darwin, would be proved irrelevant. Millions have followed his pernicious doctrine because Man is seeking some other way. They call it panspermia, the possibility that we, life on earth, have been seeded from some highly sophisticated creatures from outer space. Man is looking for some other way. 
when evolutionist Dawkins was pressed about the absurdity of life forming from a universe that exploded out of virtually nothing and then complex life developing by pure chance, he suggested that it is possible that we were, that we were seeded from outer space. And, of course, that's true. God and his Christ, the Holy Ghost, the angels, etc., are all from outer space. God created all that you see and don't see by Christ Jesus. Although when Mr. Dawkins referred to seeding from outer space, he was not thinking Jesus Christ. Nearly 60 years ago, SETI, Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, began its operations monitoring the heavens, trying to intercept alien communications, but they have not heard a single peep. SETI has just gone through a very expensive upgrade. Their ears are wide open. Had they only read their Bibles... The born again have not only become children of God, but we communicate with God and His Christ and the Holy Ghost, the ultimate extraterrestrials, on a daily basis. We hear His voice, and He hears ours, and the believer even has a secret, supernatural language to communicate with when ultimate communication is desired. Click on to the Holy Ghost series for amazing information. SETI is trying to find some other way. Consider this example. God's Word declares a seven-day week. A multitude of verses endorse this principle, including Exodus 20, verse 11. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Now consider carnal man's response in this excerpt from the God Said, Man Said feature, the Revelation of Seven. When men discard the Word of God, stupid things happen. As a special note, I'd like to mention a couple of historical events concerning the common weak. In 1792, the Socialists of France, in their rebellion against the seven-day cyclical pattern of life, instituted a new calendar with a 10-day week. It created total confusion and was abandoned 14 years later. In 1929, the communist leadership of Russia in an effort to destroy any attachment to the Bible, instituted a five-day week, which ended up in the trash can just three years later. They were operating in the rebellious spirit of the Antichrist to come, of whom Daniel prophesied in Daniel 7.25, and he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. It's surprising that anyone would reject the seven-day week principle when one considers that a lunar month, which is a product of orbit in time and space, houses roughly four seven-day cycles. Those who suggest the seven cycle comes primarily from a religious root should be advised that the number seven is not imposed on us from the outside, but from the inside. This becomes obvious when you note that plants, insects, and animals also have weekly cycles. The seven-day cycle is not a product of culture, but to the contrary, the culture is a product of seven. End of quote. Man seeks another way. The mad quest for godless immortality is on. This yearning is not new. It began when immortality was first lost at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
God said man said has published multiple features on this subject. Unregenerated man is terrified by death. The world's wealthiest are desperately seeking immortality, but an immortality without the God of the Bible. Isn't that rich? The champions of delusion mocked and ridiculed God's once immortal Adam and Eve, but now chase this notion with everything they've got. Fallen man must seek another way. His father, the devil, will have it no other way. Watch the immortality issue in the God said, man said feature 21 signs of doomsday. Does it seem feasible to you that the God of all knowledge would be able to create a man and woman who are immortal, created to live forever? Such an idea drew the ridicule of the academics, but today's science is beginning to give it serious consideration. Even the word immortality has entered the lexicon of medical parlance. The headline in the March-April 2015 issue of Psychology Today reads, Tinkering with Mortality. The subhead reads, The quest for eternal life has been with us eternally, but the latest interventions raise questions we've never before encountered. A few paragraphs follow. The prospect of such treatments has energized a more radical group of thinkers, including Aubrey de Grey, controversial chief science officer of SENS, stands for Strategies for Engineered Negligible Senescence, who has suggested that as we engineer aging out of our very cells, some people born today may live a thousand years. Such claims have drawn intense interest from certain Silicon Valley magnets who have made the war on aging a near obsession. In 2013, Google invested in Calico, the California life company, hoping that its application of moonshot thinking to biotechnology could cure aging once and for all. Google and pharmaceutical giant AbbVie have since pledged up to $1.5 billion to Calico. Ray Kurzweil, Google's director of engineering, is counting on artificial intelligence advances that will enable the brain to be downloaded to a computer, bringing about effective immortality, especially if and when that consciousness is uploaded into a fresh bio-robotic husk. The whole idea of a species is a biological concept, he says. What we are doing is transcending biology. This idea is more fully explored in Virtually Human, The Promise and the Peril of Digital Immortality by Martin Rothblatt, Ph.D., a technologist and medical ethicist who, as CEO of biotech firm United Therapeutics, is perhaps the nation's most prominent transgender executive. Her heady uh, book explores how virtual humanity will extend human life or at least consciousness indefinitely. She proposes nothing less than liberty from death via, via techno-immortality and aims to guide readers through the inevitable transition from a society of flesh only to a mind-centric society, end of quote. In the May 26, uh, 2015 excuse me, issue of Discover magazine, the headline reads, 20 things you didn't know about immortality. A few sentences follow. Two things are certain in this world. We are born and we die. But must we? Billionaire Dmitry Itzkov and his group, the 2045 Initiative, want to cheat death by creating artificial bodies to house human intelligence. 
It's coughed and friends think they can develop the hologram avatar housing an individual's personality in an artificial brain within three decades. Terrasum's LifeKnot project claims to offer longevity today. All you need to do is create a LifeKnot account and upload as much information about yourself as possible. Apparently, the mind file may be used to reconstruct you in the future. Immortality isn't merely a 21st century quest. In the 3rd century, B.C. Chinese Emperor Ku Chi Hung ingested mercury to gain eternal life. It didn't work. End of quote. The headline in the May 8, 2015 issue of the week reads, Text Quest for Immortality. The subhead, Silicon Valley's billionaires have a new project, said Ariana Yujung Cha. They want to defy death. Among the guests was Cynthia Kenyon a molecular biologist and biogerontologist who had garnered attention for doubling the lifespan of a roundworm by disabling a single gene. Aubrey de Grey, a British computer scientist turned a theoretician who prophesied that medical advances would stop aging. And Larry Page, co-founder of an Internet search darling called Google that had big ideas to improve health through the terabytes of data it was collecting. The chatter at the dinner table meandered from the value of chocolate in one's diet to the merits of uploading people's memories to a computer versus cryo-freezing their bodies. Yet the focus kept returning to one subject. Was death an inevitability or a solvable problem? A number of guests were skeptical about achieving immortality. But could science and technology help us live longer to, say, 150 years? Now that, they agreed, was a worthy goal. Within a few months, Thiel had written checks to Kenyon and DeGray to accelerate their work. Since then, he has doled out millions to other researchers with what he calls breakout ideas that defy conventional wisdom, end of quote. World-renowned Dr. Sanjay Gupta wrote the following in his book, Chasing Life. All over the world, and right in your backyard, there are people who are steadily pushing back the frontier of age. They are not content to simply wither away, becoming frail and feeling worthless. Instead, they are achieving a sort of practical immortality, living as long as they want to live and dying only when they are through living. Immortality is on the horizon, and it is within our reach for the first time. End of quote. In March 2017, the headline on the cover of the research update by Life Extension Foundation reads, Human Age Reversed. Are we there already? Headlines of various publications were cited in this feature. October 27, 2016, GreekWire.com. Is Jeff Bezos looking for the fountain of youth? Jeff Bezos, billionaire founder of Amazon and Mayo Clinic, are investors in a startup that's received $116 million to develop anti-aging therapies. December 2, 2010, The Washington Post. A Harvard professor says he can cure aging, but is that a good idea? November 29, 2016, The Telegraph. World's first anti-aging drug could see humans live to 120. April 24, 2016, The Wall Street Journal. Fountain of Youth? Drug trial has seniors scrambling to prove they're worthy. June 26, 2016, New York Post. What if you could live forever? September 2016, Scientific American. Will we defeat aging? 
End of quotes. The mad quest for a godless tree of life will continue, but the latest science has dumped on the cold water. The June 16, 2021 headline on Science Daily reads, We Cannot Cheat Aging and Death, study indicates. Excerpts from this article follow. Philosophers, artists, and scientists, and probably the rest of us, have long obsessed over the key to human immortality. We all, no matter our income, culture, or religion, are bound to die. Even if we escape mortal diseases or accidents, we all face a deadly biological deterioration. While the debate of human longevity has lived, uh, divided the scientific community for centuries, a new study finds fresh evidence for our inevitable death. A study led by Fernando Colacaro, University of Southern Denmark, and Susan Alberts, Duke University, North Carolina, that included researchers from 42 institutions across 14 countries, provides new insights into the aging theory, the invariant rate of aging hypothesis, which states that every species has a relatively fixed rate of aging, no matter how many vitamins we take, how healthy our environment is, or how much we exercise. We will eventually age and die, said Fernando Colacaro. We were able to shed light on the invariant rate of aging hypothesis by combining an unprecedented wealth of data and comparing birth and death patterns on nine human populations with information from 30 non-human primate populations, including gorillas, chimpanzees, and baboons living in the wild and in zoos, said Colacaro. In order to explore this hypothesis, the researchers analyzed the relationship between life expectancy, the average age at which individuals die in a population, and lifespan equality, the measurement of how uh, concentrated deaths are around older ages. Their results shows that as life expectancy increases, so does lifespan equality. So, lifespan equality is very high when most of the individuals in a population tend to die at around the same age, as observed in modern Japan or Sweden, which is around an individual's 70s or 80s. However, in the 1800s, lifespan equality was very low in those same countries since deaths were less concentrated at old ages, resulting also in lower life expectancy. Life expectancy has increased dramatically and still increases in many parts of the world, but this is not because we have slowed our rate of aging. The reason is that more and more infants, children, and young people survive, which brings up the average life expectancy, Calcaro reports. We observe that not only humans, but also other primate species exposed to different environments, succeed in living longer by reducing infant and juvenile mortality. However, this relationship only holds if we reduce early mortality and not by reducing the rate of aging, explains Calcaro, end of quotes. The headline in the July 9, 2021 issue of the week reads, Aging Can't Be Defeated. Most of the short article follows. Bad news for all those Silicon Valley executives hoping to live forever. An international study of unprecedented size has concluded that the aging process is sadly unstoppable. The research, a collaboration of scientists from 14 countries, tested the invariant rate of aging hypothesis. This holds that a species ages at relatively fixed rate once it reaches adulthood. 
The researchers compared age-specific birth and death data from a diverse set of human populations, including peoples from 17th to the 20th century and from 39 human primate populations, including chimpanzees and monkeys. They found that the pattern of mortality was the same across the board. The risk of death is high in infancy, drops and remains low until early adulthood, and starts to rise again. That suggests humans are living longer, not because they are delaying the aging process, but because more and more people are surviving the high-risk period in infancy. The trajectory towards death in old age has not changed, co-author Jose Manuel Alberto from Oxford University tell The Guardian, end of quote. Man constantly tries to find another way, and he has and will constantly fail. Immortality is offered unto all who will call upon the name of Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son. Jesus speaks to the Apostle Thomas in John 14, 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus Christ is the way, a highway. He is Route 7 North Obedience. He is the truth. As Revelation 19.13 tells us, His name is the Word of God. God's Word is the inerrant truth. John 17.17, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy Word is truth. Jesus Christ is the life. He said, I am the resurrection in the life. John 11.25 Jesus Christ is the true light, the life force. John chapter 1, verse 9 speaks of Jesus Christ and says, That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. There is no other way. Faith in and obedience to Jesus Christ is the only way to be reconciled unto God and the only way back to immortality and imagine to the very tree of life. Revelation 2, verse 7, He that hath an ear... Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Revelation twenty-two fourteen. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter into through the gates into the city. There is no other way. God said, John chapter 10, verse 1, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. God said, Hebrews 9, 27, And as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. God said, John eleven twenty five and 26, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Man said, Knowledge is power. And if I had all knowledge, I'd have all the power. I'd never be depressed or lonely. I'd never be bored or sick. I'd even live forever. Because I'd have all the knowledge, I'd know how to just fix it. Fix whatever's wrong or upsetting. I got the next best thing, though, my phone. It will search the world's data bank, and I'll have the answer. Maybe not right now, but certainly within my lifetime. Yeah, my phone replaces the Christian God. What a novel idea. Now you have the record.